Hello and welcome to the Gleaner Podcast for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Chantal Hortop, Managing Editor for the Gleaner and host for this season of the podcast. Though many people have heard of the Women's Institute, they may not know quite what the organization does. I sat down with Linda Janes, who, until recently, was the president of the Chattagay Huntington County WI and is now president of the organization for the province of Quebec. Linda filled me in on the various projects the local WI has on the go, as well as the history of the organization. Happy listening! So, uh, if we could start off, if you could just introduce yourself and tell me how you fit into the WI. Okay, well, I'm Linda Janes, and I'm president for the Shattagee Huntington County WI, and I'm also currently president of Quebec WI. I just became president... That was one of my questions. In November. That's yeah. very exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. and uh, kind of by default, but, <laughs> <That's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm now stuck with the job. <laughs> and actually, this year, I've been president of the county for seven years. Okay, yes. And this year, I'm stepping down. Okay. And uh, Ruth Shalifu from Hemingford is going to be oh, taking okay. over, so... So can you tell me a little bit about the history of the WI, the greater organization? Okay, well, it um, I actually have a pamphlet here oh, that uh, my brother made for us. Oh. Um, it started in 1897 by uh, uh, Adelaide Hunter Hoodless. Mm-hmm. Her son died from drinking unpasteurized milk, right. her infant son. And um, she decided that... She wanted to help educate women, uh, farm women, rural women that didn't have access to all the new stuff out there and proper hygiene and that. She was also a home economics teacher and uh, she uh, was very interested in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she started the Women's Institute right. and uh, it was very well received and uh, got all kinds of members. Mm-hmm. And one of the members, um, Mrs. Madge Watts, the WI started in Canada first. Right. And it was Mrs. Madge Watt that started it. Yeah, she sure. took it over to England with her. Nice for a change, right? Uh, yeah, well, because everybody in movies, in shows and everything, you always, British shows, they always talk about the WI. Right. And everybody always assumed that it was started in in England, in, yeah. in England. Yeah. but it wasn't. It was started in Canada. That's and then in 1911, um, actually January 27th, our birthday's coming up, right. Elizabeth Ann Beach from Dunham in conjunction with uh, Jean Muldrew of McDonald College mm-hmm. uh, came and helped her to set up the first meeting of the Quebec Women's Institute in Dunham. So, and it's been going strong ever since. At our height, we were 2,500 members in 100 counties. Oh, yeah. That's impressive for sure. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we're down to 13 counties. Right. And uh, about 230 members well, now. Still long. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have 21 branches now. Hmm. So, and so then as we move along, can you tell me a little bit about the history of the WI here in the valley? Right. Howick is the oldest. Right. Uh, we did have um, Dundee, Huntington, Ormstown, Franklin, 
they were in operation when I moved here. And um, Howick is the oldest now. And uh, then Hemingford and Aubrey Riverfield. Dewittville is the youngest. <laughs> we were always referred to as the baby sister. Oh, that's nice. Though. Yeah, because we're just 65 years. And Howick is over 100 years. So it's uh, <laughs> it, it's been interesting. But uh, yeah, and, and trying to keep track of all these. I imagine. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, especially. And like I said, we were always considered the um, troublemakers. Well, that's a fun reputation to have, really. Yep, yep. <laughs> and actually, Shadigi Huntington has always been referred to as the troublemakers. Oh, really? Because, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Do It Phil is the largest branch in the province. Really? Shadigi Huntington is the largest county in the province. I think I didn't know we were such a hotbed of WI. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. We have 58 members in our county. And uh, do it, Phil. We're at. Uh, we've our numbers have been changing. We just got um, five new members. Oh, great! And actually, the members we got were through articles in the Gleaner. We'd yep. love to hear that. <laughs> yep, through your articles and um, through last year when we did the uh, talk on the homeless and yes, the yes, yes. Uh, the women's shelter. Uh, we had some people from. The outside that came, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, uh, they were very interested. And uh, actually, Pectator got a very large donation from oh, great. somebody so that had, it. yeah, oh, yeah, they got uh, a, a good donation. So it's, uh, yeah, but uh, so say when, when it actually, um, well, uh, say do it, Phil was twenty five years, but uh, that's pretty much. What I know about our, right. <laughs> yeah. I've actually just become more interested when I became county right. president. And it it took me it took me a while to get into doing any of the positions. So, can you tell me a little bit what the WI is like today? Like, what sort of uh, activities go on and and. Uh... Uh, well, we don't do as but we used to have a lot of speakers and that come to meetings mm -hmm. and that. But now there's not as many that are willing, like we used to, we went to Grant's Bakery and uh, they actually gave us a course in chocolate making, Ooh. which was fun. Sarah and uh, Ruth Ann, nice. we, had a, we had a fun day that day. Yeah. And, uh, but now because of health, we're not allowed to go into these places. Right. Uh, we had a meat inspector come one time and uh, yeah, that was... That was interesting. He came in his white coat. <laughs> that, uh, that was quite interesting. But now, um, now basically we focus more on, uh, we go out for lunches, and if we can find a speaker that'll come to our meetings. And right. like last year we had Stephanie from Blossom Foot Care come and tell oh, us nice. about, uh, she spoke to us about shoes, actually, oh, wow. and what type of shoes to buy and that. Right, uh, right. She was very interesting, very nice person. And so it's, uh, if we can find people like that, and uh, like Pacte de Deux and Residencelle, yeah. and this year at our AGM, uh, Marlene Harvey is going to be talking to us about Melissa's Sunshine oh, Camp wonderful. and the new... Um, building a house that they want to, the new project that they're working on. 
that'll be interesting. Yes. So whenever we can find, and uh, we're going to Blair's in March, and Jeff is going to talk to us about the bees. And oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it's more little things like that that we do, and we're still working with the 4-H yeah. when they have their um, annual get together and that mm -hmm. uh and i don't think it's in our county this year i'm not sure we haven't heard what county it's going to be in okay and actually two years ago uh we did our agm virtually yeah and we had sent in uh pictures of our stuff that we had made for the craft oh, competition nice. and we had judged their competition virtually yeah so we asked them to reciprocate oh, to judge nice. yeah so it worked out very well right. it was uh, it was fun it was mm -hmm. interesting so but as I say we try and focus on helping uh days for girls and yes. uh, uh things in the area that uh and worldwide so days for girls was the, the previous project taken on provincially as the new president do you have any insight as to what uh, uh actually one? i'm uh, we're going back to working with Days for Girls. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yep. And actually, can, can you tell me a little bit about the Days for Girls project? I've, I know we've uh, written about it, but maybe some of our podcast listeners don't know know that much about it. Okay, well, Days for Girls is actually, it's evolved a bit too. It's a project to bring um, sanitary products to um, underprivileged countries, mm -hmm. Haiti and uh, Ghana. They just did a trip to Ghana this mm -hmm. year. And uh, it's reusable products that can be washed uh, because over there they they have nothing. Right. And uh, the, when it was that time of the month, the girls would be more or less shunned right. and men didn't understand. Right. And uh, so we've been making the products and taking them over. Teresa goes with them and uh, Barbara White has been going with her lately. And But now they've started uh, certain countries like Ghana. They have people in the country that are making them for sale. So what we do is when we go to a country like that, um, that's more or less considered a red zone, we buy the products from them. Oh, okay. And we do the distribution because we're in their country, and right. uh, so that's one of the things. And when we're in a blue zone, we can take our own products. Okay. We can make those. But now they've started, uh, it's a group called Men Who Know. So they're teaching the men about women's issues and also about violence against women, human trafficking. So when they're doing the... Um, the sessions with the girls. They also do a session with the male students and the teachers and the men from the area to mm -hmm. to teach them about um, what women go through right. and uh, about the thing that it's not uh, it's not something bad that a voodoo and all this sort of stuff. It's not something for them to to worry about. Right. Explain it to them. That's a new thing and. Uh, uh, when we do those classes, we uh, we pay for the interpreters. I think it costs us 50 cents uh, a person. Well, so, uh, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, basically I'm encouraging our uh, counties to find a project in their county because everybody's diverse and uh, find something that's really needed in their county. And um, for February 19th, it's uh, WI Cares Day. And that's when we're doing the uh, 
the thing about the uh, membership, mm -hmm. but also where you want to approach schools and see if there's anything in the schools that they need, whether it be their breakfast clubs or something, and try and help them and try and make a donation towards uh, towards them. Yeah, and try and go to some of the schools and see. I, I don't know how many of the schools, I think they're all doing the breakfast programs. And I think, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to try and get our counties to focus on the homeless and women's shelters and stuff like that. Because um, a lot of people in small towns, like which happened in Ormstown last year, mm -hmm. they say, oh, there's no homeless in Ormstown. I hear that also. <laughs> yeah, so we tried to prove them wrong, and uh, which was uh, which helped them. And uh, but a lot of small towns, because they don't, it's not like Montreal. I find if it's not right on the street in their face, like in Montreal, you walk down the street exactly. and you see the homeless. Exactly. But here you don't, yeah. unless you're a farmer and happen to see them in your woods. Exactly. In the back. Or in outbuildings. Or, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, now because there's more people from the city living out here, they maybe tend to know more about what goes on. Mm -hmm. But I know when I first came out here, they didn't know a lot of the history of what went on in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And um, especially, I grew up in the 60s with all the uh, FLQ and... All that going on, yeah. All that going on. Uh, I mean... I remember the bombs going off at night, and my father worked night shift. And oh, really? Yeah. So you were always worried. Uh, but here, they—it's uh, a completely different lifestyle. And but now with the internet and that, they are paying more attention. The younger people are paying more attention to to what's going on. But they still, like I say, there's no homeless. No, exactly. No. Oh, goodness. Uh, so to circle back a little bit, what sorts of challenges uh, is the organization face facing, either the, the larger organization or maybe specific to the Valley? Mainly it's uh, membership, mm -hmm. getting people involved. Um, one branch, <laughs> uh, the woman is in her early 80s, and she's the youngest Oh dear. <laughs> in her branch. Right. Yeah. Uh, we have a member that still goes to a meeting um, down near Missisquoi, and she's 99. Really? Well. She still she goes to a meeting. Yeah. Yep. She still goes wearing her heels and her dress, <laughs> all dressed up, ready for the meeting. And uh, it's mainly getting um, participation, getting people that want to work on the job. And, uh, in fact, last night I had a board meeting, the FWIC, which is the federated, and had a, we had a board meeting, and somebody from Manitoba was saying they can't fill their board members. And the Hemingford branch, uh, there's two people doing all the jobs. That's how President, yeah. vice president, secretary, treasurer, and there's four chair positions. And between the two people they're doing all of it. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So uh, we're hoping to turn around and get, uh, on February 19th, actually, we have um, a conference on membership. Okay. And all the provinces are going to speak about how they're getting new members or if they're not getting. And uh, 
that sort of networking is always yep. useful. <laughs> yeah, to try and, but I have found this year um, with opening ourselves to the public, it's making people more aware of what's not just the Women's Institute, but what's going on. Because last year we actually did at uh, the rec center, they had the um, health and wellness okay, yes. day, and we had a table there, and we gave out um, tick pullers. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, because once before, uh, just in 2017, 2018, I think it was, uh, we sent information to all the schools mm -hmm. uh, to give out to all the children about ticks and yeah. what to do in that. And that was our county that did that through the county. So this year we decided when they asked us to do it, we're saying, okay, now what can we, and then I, the idea popped in my head, ticks. Yes. And we, and I think we're going to try and <clears throat> do it again this year. Mm -hmm. Certainly it's an ongoing issue. Yeah. So are there differences between like the, the focus that the different branches have versus, uh, their activities, things that they do? Uh, yes, um, depending on the area. A lot of them, most of us, we try and um, concentrate on schools. Mm -hmm. And uh, because our county, we were doing, well, actually, do it Vale Branch, we did um, pen pals. Oh, yeah. With CBR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing that again this year. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if it started up yet. I know they were taking names for oh, okay. it. So, right. and so we're doing that again. And, uh, but, um, and some are more active in their communities depending on uh, the people living in the community. Right. Um, like down in Missisquoi, they do teas. They, um, Cowansville, uh, they seem to have a more English community that's more okay. interested in this sort of thing that's and uh, an older sort of community. Right. And now in Ormstown, we're getting a lot of younger people right. and um, young families coming in. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. And uh, it's sometimes hard to get them to come yeah, to things. Exactly. And even the town, mm -hmm. they don't always get a big turnout for things. This is true, yes. Yeah. It's, it's very diverse. What, uh, and and they all seem to stick to their own little, the different counties will stick to their own little. Right. Depending is, on their interests and energies. Yeah, yeah. But we mainly focus, uh, they're very interested in the Days for Girls. Right. And uh, we've done a lot of work with them. Actually, we started um, this area we started the only branch of Days for Girls in Quebec. Mm -hmm, I remember. And that was through yes. the Women's Institute. Uh, maybe you can tell me a little bit about the Plaid du Québec uh, Tartan project? Uh, well, that is still an ongoing project. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in February, it'll be two years since we finished the petition. And it's been back and forth over the two years to see how to go about it was one of the major. Uh, so then they looked into how other provinces adopted their tartans. Mm -hmm. And actually one of the things, the tartan was designed by David Weiser of Rotex Limited. He designed three tartans that year in 1965, the Quebec, the Ontario, and the Maple Leaf tartan. And I don't know 
what happened, but Ontario only adopted their tartan in 2000. Oh, really? The maple leaf tartan was only adopted by Canada in 2011. Well, there's quite a delay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't feel so bad that ours ours got delayed. Uh, So we finally, and then, of course, the government changed in the middle of all this. Of course, yes. But it is currently being looked after by um, Mr. Girard, the uh, Minister of Finance, I believe he okay, is. Yeah. yeah. And Alexandre Le Duc, he's with the um, Quebec Solidaire Party. And there's um, one other person, I didn't, don't have his name. And so they were uh, still looking into, they decided a motion was made to amend the bylaw to um, change and to adopt the tartan. They've decided that was the easiest way to go. But then they had the question of they had to make sure that no other, nobody else has claimed the tartan as their own or adopted it or anything. So I've been working with, uh, I worked with the um, Scottish Tartan Registry and got information from them. And the Scotland shop that designs tartans, they have over 500 tartans and worked with them. And actually I met with um, Emily from the Scotland shop in November. She was in Ottawa. Oh, okay. So I met with her in person and there is no other claim. And the um, St. Andrews Society in Montreal, they looked into it and there's no Quebec claim on it. So so the information has gone back to them. So now it's in the hands of the, uh, of the government. Yeah, and, but with everything else going on, but I think there's a two-year limit, but I'm not sure if it's, but I think it's from the date of the motion, okay. which was in May of 2022 when the motion was presented. Still, that's coming up pretty quickly. Uh, yep. Our February 11th is the date that the petition finished and it was introduced. It was put into the hands of uh, the National Assembly on February 17th. Okay. Because it had to be within seven days of the petition. But we, uh, so we're just, uh, I've been trying to get in touch with um, the MNA's office mm-hmm. too to find out any further information on it so I have a feeling it'll probably be in the spring once all the other stuff settles down with hospitals and yeah 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 so and actually one of our um, WI projects uh, that I've sent to the MNA um, we want to petition the restaurant association to have uh, seniors' menus. Oh, yes. Reduced cost and also smaller portions. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I can no longer eat. (laughs) (laughs) And certain stuff, you can't take home in a doggy bag. No, exactly. It doesn't quite work. No, no. (laughs) You get it home and say, "Mm, I'm not eating that. (laughs) Why'd I bother? Uh, so if somebody local to the Valley wanted to join the WI, what's the best way for them to, to do that? Uh, contact me. Perfect. How yep. would you like them to contact you? Either um, they can go to my Facebook page. It's Linda Wally. They can also go to the um, 
QWI webpage, and QWI also has a Facebook page as oh, well, okay. and all the information is there, so but Perfect. they can uh, just uh, send me a message or something on Facebook or something. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll put all that information in the show notes also, so people will have it there yeah. written up, so <laughs> good. Good. Well, that's the end of my questions. So, okay, so thank, thank you. you so much for taking the time to tell us a little oh, bit about no the, problem. Uh, the yeah. Dog yeah. I hope I covered everything. I hope it. Uh, yes. Well, I found it fascinating. So hopefully you're good. I do too. <laughs> I hope you found that as fascinating as I did. If your interest has been piqued and you think you'd like to join a local branch, I've put the contact information into the show notes. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday, February 7th for another chat about Valley history. This podcast is made possible in part by funding from the Government of Canada through the Official Language Community Media Consortium, as well as a grant from the Bourse d'Initiative en Entrepreneuriat Collectif, a call for projects designed to support the creation and development of social economy enterprises and projects across the Montérégie region. Sound editing and sound design for the Gleaner podcast is done by Stacey Pennington. Our theme music is by Christopher Pennington. It is produced by me, Chantal Hortop. Don't forget to subscribe to the Gleaner podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. For more Gleaner content, check out our website at www.the-gleaner.com. I'll also put that link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Mm-hmm.